Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants with Dad and Daughter talking all things football with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. And I would like to say it's been a quiet week, but it's kind of not been a quiet week at all. There's been double fixtures from the championship below. We're talking about it um, yesterday, weren't we? So pretty much because they're trying to squeeze all the matches in. They've had two fixtures every week, right? More or less, yeah. Um, And there's been Champions League, Europa League. So it's been another weird week in terms of football and what fixtures we've got coming up. But we're going to be reflecting on top five English divisions. And I'll obviously quickly mention some of their FA Cup sixth round matches. And to start with in the Premier League, it seems to be a lot of real pivotal matches this weekend for the lower teams, I suppose as well, because the top of the table seems pretty dead set, obviously, with City. But a really interesting result was Brighton versus Newcastle. You could say arguably all season Brighton have been actually playing pretty well and unlucky to be in the position that they're in, but they've just been struggling to score goals. Well, that wasn't the case on Saturday. 3-0 to Brighton and three goals from all their forwards, really. Trossard, Welbeck and Mopé. The win moves them six points above relegation, so above Fulham, who I'll be talking about. Four points themselves ahead of Newcastle. 11 shots, six of which on target for Brighton. And Newcastle now rank bottom in the top flight for big chances created and passes in the opposition box. Uh, Alan Shearer on his Twitter said abysmal, and it's not looking good for Newcastle at all. Really struggling, no win in six They were saying they had three draws in a row, which was the most undefeated run so far in the Premier League. But when you look at the losses aside that, it's not been a good run at all for them. And they're now only two points ahead of Fulham with a game in hand. If you look at Fulham playing, you look at Newcastle playing, Dad, who are you thinking is going to be staying up at this point in the season so far? Uh, Well, I think you're going to expect Newcastle are going to struggle and potentially go down. They've got probably the best squad of those bottom teams and you look at it on paper they've got some good players but uh, just not performing really no and then they were showing their fixtures coming up in their last two matches uh, I think as Sheffield United and their last match of the season is Fulham so I mean both sets of fans don't want it going down to the last match of the season but it should be quite an interesting one and talking of Fulham they were against Leeds and coming into the match Leeds had failed to score to their last uh, four out of the last five games But it was a really entertaining match, but Leeds won it 2-1. I think Fulham will be disappointed that they definitely probably deserve to get a point. But it was an evening, a great evening for Patrick Bamford, really. Goal and an assist. 14 top flight goals now this season, which is amazing because I think coming into the season, a lot of Leeds fans, would they've been unsure as to whether Bamford would transition well into the Premier League? Oh, definitely. I think they didn't expect him to necessarily do well, but he's done brilliant, really. He's done really well. Had to go off the 77th minute with a little bit of a hip injury, but I think he was a bit injured going into the match. So a bit in and out of injury, but again, a great result for him and the team. Fulham on 26 points. Like I said, they're um, still two points behind Newcastle. Leeds overall sitting in 11th spot. Looking at some of their statistics from the whole season so far, they've won 12, lost 14, which is the same as Fulham, quite interestingly. But obviously they've won more um, and drawn three altogether. So as always, Leeds is providing lots of entertainment. And then on Sunday, a really entertaining match at West Ham who stormed into a 3-0 lead after 32 minutes. Lingard, Bowen, Suchek getting all the goals. At that point, you know, you think, right, Arsenal done here. But then the own goal by Suchek in the 38th minute just seemed to give them a bit of hope at half time. 
And then, to be fair to the Gunners, the second half, they produced a really good display. To be fair, West Ham had opportunities to secure the three points and get a, a 4-1 or a 4-2 lead. However, there was another Dawson own goal and then Lacazette got an 80-second minute equaliser to make it 3-3. So for the middle person, it was very entertaining. And, I mean, West Ham would have been happy with the point going into the match. I think they're still happy with the point, but obviously in any Premier League match, being 3-0 up is a match where you, you think you've let three points slip, really. So it, for me, it just kind of reflects how Arsenal have been this season under Arteta. They have their good moments, they have their bad moments, they're quite unpredictable. And I think he's still playing around with the team. I still don't think he knows fully what is his best team. Um, but overall, uh, it was a thoroughly entertaining match. And they're not quite as entertaining. Aston Villa versus Tottenham. 2-0 to Tottenham. Alves, Marais got his goal and Kane got a penalty. And it, obviously they suffered their shock midweek Europa League exit. So I think it was really important for Mourinho that they, they got a win and to keep them going for those top four places after being knocked out of the Europa League. Didn't seem to be that exciting. Interestingly that Bale has kind of gone back onto the bench after a couple of matches where he didn't show up, especially in that match against Arsenal. But Aston Villa just still struggling without Jack Grealish, really. That does seem to be the main the main thing for their lack of form at the moment. It has coincided with when Grealish is, has been injured. So to look at the table, West Ham still remain in fifth on 49 points. But now they've only got uh, one point ahead of Tottenham, who is sixth. Arsenal down are in ninth on 42 points. They obviously are behind Everton, but they've got a game in hand on them. So that's my roundup from the Premier League. And then the FA Cup sixth round, you had Bournemouth versus Southampton. Really dominant display from Southampton. Nathan Redmond, two goals and assists. So great match for him. In the Premier League, obviously, they lost 10 out of their last 12 games. So they kind of just put all of that to one side and just put on a really dominant performance. And reached semi-final, obviously, now. Second time in their last 18 seasons. So something to give the fans something to cheer about. And then also Everton versus Manchester City. It was just like a classic City performance, really. Everton changed their formation going into the match. They had three centre-backs. They had Holgate, Mina and Godfrey all playing. So they proved really tough for City to try and break down the defence. But classic 84th minute, Gundogan sneaking in a goal. And then De Bruyne, 90th minute, 64% possession for City. And a brilliant week for them, obviously, now through to the semi-final of the FA Cup. They beat Borussia Mönchengladbach. How do you pronounce that? Borussia, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Wow, oh, that's smooth as you like. 4-0 on aggregate in the Champions League. So now through to the quarterfinal for the fourth consecutive season. So it's been a really good week for Manchester City. And then Sunday's FA Cup sixth round matches. The earlier kickoff was Chelsea versus Sheffield United. 2-0 to Chelsea, but Sheffield United gave it a really good go and they only got their second goal from Ziyech in the 92nd minute. They had some really good opportunities and you could tell that they were up for it and were pressing and being aggressive. But Chelsea, as they have been doing really well under Tuchel, keeping a clean sheet, playing some really two-touch football, some quick play, and they do seem to be enjoying playing under Tuchel, so... Yeah, it's a great result for Chelsea and Sheffield United will be disappointed. But at the same time, the fans will be happy that they did give them a good go and play pretty well. And then the later kickoff, Leicester versus Man United. 
It was a 3-1 win to Leicester, but knocked out Man United. Ian Acho, who's been in great form recently, got another two goals. Tielemans getting on the score sheet. Still no Vardy, which I think Brendan Rodgers will be a little bit worried about. But it's a great result for Leicester. So now through to the semi-finals, we have got Leicester versus Southampton. And then Chelsea versus Manchester City. So that's the roundup from the FA Cup sixth round. So championship, some uh, good matches in the championship. There was a local derby, Yorkshire derby, Barnsley versus Sheffield Wednesday. Barnsley looking to uh, stay in automatic promotion or get into automatic promotion or stay in the playoffs and Sheffield Wednesday desperate to avoid relegation. So it was uh, Barnsley going on a, into the match on a 12-game, brilliant 12-game unbeaten run. Uh, and Darren Moore, the new Sheffield Wednesday manager who nipped across from Doncaster, was looking for his first victory, which he did get actually, so quite a surprise. Barnsley won, Sheffield Wednesday too. Um, a cracking win for Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Barnsley still fifth uh, and looking strong. Should be able to get themselves into those playoff places. Sheffield Wednesday second bottom, still six adrift of Birmingham, but they have got a game in hand. Of course, they've got six points deducted, had six points deducted start of the season, so... Really, they're not doing too bad. But uh, Sheffield Wednesday, what a brilliant win. Both goals scored by Jordan Rhodes, interestingly. Uh, now 31 years old. Been a bit of a journeyman since he left Blackburn in 2015. Uh, was a bit of a talisman at Blackburn, really. Very well thought of. 85 goals in 169 games. Since then, he's drifted around Middlesbrough, Sheffield Wednesday, Norwich on loan. Uh, but two goals yesterday to win a local derby. Hopefully gets his confidence up. Uh, he used to say he scores when he wants but he hasn't been scoring when he wants recently but 31 years old chance for him to kick on and uh, hopefully keep Sheffield Wednesday in uh, in the championship talking of Birmingham Birmingham were at Watford uh, Watford on a really good run uh, and it was their fifth straight win uh, the ninth win in 10 games they won 3-0 goals from Seema Shalabar and Gray pretty easy really 3-0 Birmingham's first defeat under new boss Lee Boyer uh, he's got a job to keep them up. So you've got a new boss at Sheffield Wednesday chasing a new boss at Birmingham. Lee Boyer come across from Charlton. Watford, nine shots on target, three goals. Birmingham, back to the same old stuff. One shot on target. Boyer's playing two up front, Jukiewicz and Hogan, but still not quite uh, getting those goals. So Birmingham struggling. Watford look like them and Norwich who got a home draw with Blackburn. Uh, looks like Norwich and Watford are going to go straight back up. Both of them in automatic playoff positions. Uh, and starting to open up a bit of a gap there. So, um, yeah, Watford 3, Birmingham nil, And then you've got the South Wales derby. Again, what a shame there's no fans there. Massive match, of course. Swansea looking for automatic promotion. Cardiff trying to get in the playoffs. Mick McCarthy, new manager, done pretty well. Uh, and Cardiff had a win at Swansea. Brilliant win, actually. Aidan Flint scored in the eighth minute. And neither team have managed a league double over the other uh, since the derby started in the 1930s which is interesting. So neither team's managed to beat them twice in a season, in the league season. Aidan Flint got the winning goal, 31-year-old defender. Uh, he's got four in 40 games for Cardiff. Leaves Swansea third, still looking strong, but the six points behind Watford now. They've got one game in hand. They've got an inferior goal difference. So as I said before, it looks like Norwich and Watford are starting to open up a clear gap uh, for automatic promotion. Cardiff, four points off playoffs. Um, so still got a chance of getting into the playoffs and maybe Swansea and Cardiff uh, could face each other in the playoffs, you never know. 
Okay, time for a rant. Mine, I don't know, I just suddenly thought of it as I was watching some of the matches. It's something that I thought about a bit in the past. And it's a bit of a general sweeping statement. But there was a foul on, uh, was it Dubravka? Oh, it might have been Dubravka in goal for Newcastle. And I just think that sometimes with goalkeepers in their area that I think uh, referees almost think they're a little bit bubble-wrapped goalkeepers. And sometimes when we're contesting or when they're contesting for balls, I find that they kind of easily get the west uh, the whistle blown in their favour. I feel a little bit sorry for strikers sometimes because I feel like both contesting for the ball and obviously the goalkeepers have got their arms up so they're naturally going to be um, going for it with their hands up in the air. But I feel like goalkeepers get the whistle blown in their advantage more often. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, probably. I think you've got to protect the goalkeeper naturally. Yeah, um, true, true. But, uh, no, I think you're probably right. They are... Get a bit too much protection sometimes. Yeah, the main situation I'm thinking of is when they're both jumping in the air. I think in every position of the pitch, actually, normally whoever jumps first gets the favour. So, yeah, that's just my rant that I think that goalkeepers are a little bit bubble wrapped when they're jumping in the air. But of course, if it's obviously when they're sliding in along the floor, you don't want them getting hurt and what have you. So, that's my rant. A little bit vague this week. What about you? Uh, well, I've been talking about jumping in the air and bubble wraps. Uh, there's certainly no bubble wrapping in rugby, and I'll have a, yeah. a rant about that briefly, although it's a football podcast. I mean, goodness me, worst performance since 1976. Yeah. Shocking, really. But anyway, off the rugby and back onto the football. Uh, mine's just a little one, really. National League, I talked about this before, but just a general lack of coverage, really. You have to go rooting to the pages to the very bottom corner you never get yeah. anything tells you about who did what you know this I and mean, it's a really exciting promotion battle this year to get into the league so from barrow uh, getting up last year just how much it means to some of these teams sutton uh, i'm sure i don't think sutton have ever been in the league so and it's really important you know so it's it's a really exciting league and just doesn't get enough coverage barely so any coverage barely any coverage really? you have to go and buy a non-league magazine or paper to get coverage i think which is a bit of a shame really League One, and like I say every week, every uh, fiction, every result so far seems to be swinging the table in lots of different directions. And quite interestingly, most teams towards the top of the table, there seem to be a lot of draws this weekend. So Hull, obviously top of the table, were away against Shrewsbury. That was 1-1. It was a known goal from Hull's Ingram that gave Shrewsbury the lead. And then Greg Doherty ended up getting the goal back nine minutes later. Only four shots on target in the match. Hull obviously remained top on three points clear. Shrewsbury locked down in 17th. So it doesn't sound like the most entertaining of matches, really. Just didn't seem to have that much going on. So Hull got a draw, but like I said, still remained top. Another draw for the top of the table. Actually going into the match, it was very much bottom towards the top. Rochdale versus Peterborough. Turned into a thoroughly entertaining six-goal thriller at the Crown Oil Arena. Uh, 3-3 overall. Peterborough were 2-0 up at half-time. And then Rochdale got three goals back in the second half. And then it was a 93rd minute penalty from Johnson, Clark, Harris to get the draw for Peterborough. So Rochdale would have been gutted. Very even match. I think it was 16 and 15 shots between the two teams and both got five shots on target. Peterborough stays second and they're now two points clear of Sunderland and Rochdale bottom, but they're two points off safety. I think all those bottom four teams are within two points of each other. So it's very, very tight at the bottom. Um, So it's, it's a point, but like I said, they were very, very close to getting those three points. And again, more teams, more draws, third versus fourth, Sunderland, Lincoln. That was 1-1. 
eighth versus fifth, Gillingham Doncaster. Again, another draw, 2-2. So it does seem like a, if one of those teams at the top had got some points, then it would really have started to make it a little bit more interesting. And talking of getting those points, it was Portsmouth versus Ipswich, two teams fighting for playoffs. And uh, coming into the match, Portsmouth had lost four out of the last five league games and they came from behind to beat Ipswich 2-1. They move one point now behind Charlton and sixth in those places, two games in hand. Ipswich now dropped to two points behind Charlton. And interestingly, you mentioned what's Darren Moore, he's, uh, his first match, and Danny Cowley's first match in charge for Portsmouth, new manager, and then they got the win. Obviously, he used to manage, I think it was Huddersfield and Lincoln. So good result for Portsmouth, and it seems like quite an interesting time to bring him in when they are very close to those uh, playoff places. And then quickly looking down towards the bottom of the table, the main winner really was um, Swindon Town, obviously against Fleetwood. And it was a brace from Scott Twine, 2-0, to get them their three points. Coming into the match, completely different form, actually. Fleetwood were undefeated in six, and Swindon had lost their last four in a row. But obviously, Swindon got the result in the end. The bottom table was just really, really tight. Swindon, Bristol, Wigan, all level on 34 points. But Swindon have got a better goal difference. And Fleetwood mid-table, but even still, they're still six points off the playoffs. So it's uh, proven very, very interesting in League One. And I think, isn't League Two just as uh, intense as well? Oh, League Two, top and bottom, brilliant at the moment, yeah. Uh, although bottom of League Two starting to get cut off a bit. So Barrow went into the match on a back of three straight wins. Uh, a brilliant run, really, They've to keep themselves going this year. They've played some good football, actually. Watched a couple of matches. My brother watched lots of matches. He tells me yesterday, which was a cracker, it was the fourth straight win, which is the first time since 1968 they've managed that. Five goals, Thriller, Barrow three, Crawley two. Barrow had struggled to get shots on target, um, really. They had lots of possession, but yesterday they got eight shots on target. Uh, two one up at half time. Goals from Davis and Quigley penalty. Powell e- equalised for Crawley in the 84th minute. But the 95th minute winner, there's conflicting actually. Some say it was Chris Taylor or Quigley, uh, but either way, a 95th minute winner, which was absolutely brilliant. So a fantastic 3-2 result, for straight league win. Rob Kelly, since he took over as caretaker manager, doing an absolutely brilliant job. 56 years old, he's got a history of being a caretaker manager. Caretaker manager at Preston, Sheffield Wednesday, Forest and now Barrow. But I mean, he's doing a brilliant job there. He's um, seven point gap now between them and the brilliant. bottom two. Uh, having been looking nothing like that really. So Kelly putting himself up if he wants the job for the permanent job perhaps. Six points off the playoffs, Crawley. Uh, so still got half a chance of getting into the uh, playoffs. But a brilliant win for Barrow. Top of the table, clash Cambridge versus Forest Green. A real close one. Cambridge had a penalty in the 17th minute, which Mullin missed. Uh, but they kept going and got a goal before half-time. Houlihan got a 38th minute goal, which ended up... Uh, a win, a vital three points in a very close match. Takes uh, Cambridge second, but it's really tight up there. Forest Green third, and they've got a game in, or two games in hand, three points behind. So uh, really, really close there. There's seven teams, really, chasing automatic promotion, where the championship, you've got two that look nailed on. You've got really seven teams. Any of those seven could be the two going up. So that's really, really exciting. A couple of teams who are in that position, Tramier Exeter. That was going to be an interesting match. Tramier managed to win 2-1. Both teams just had two shots on target, so a close game. 1-1 at half-time. David Nugent, who's been around a while, David Nugent got the first goal from the penalty spot. They took him off in the 57th minute when the guy that replaced him, Lloyd McGoldrick, 
They got another penalty, so in Nugent's absence, Lloyd McGoldrick took it, and he got it, so two mm. penalties. David Nugent, 35 years old. He's been around a bit, 35. I recognise the name. Yeah, I'm known from Preston at the moment. He's been in Leicester, Forest, oh, right, okay. all sorts of teams. But, uh, yeah, got his goals. So, Tranmere fourth, looking strong. Exeter eighth, starting to get drift off, really. Exeter need to get a couple of wins under the belt to be able to stay in the uh, promotion chase. But Tranmere, one of those teams who could go up automatically, actually. They were really aggrieved about being relegated last year with the way it was done. So, Tranmere desperate to get back up, first chance. Down to the National League, uh, Sutton, who've uh, managed to get to the top of the league. Uh, 1-0 up through Butyman, 56 minute, and going to win against Stockport. But then James Jennings and the 96 minute got an equaliser. So um, Sutton's still in a strong position, the four points clear of Hartlepool, six points clear of Torquay with games in hand. So still looking strong, but they'd be disappointed. But Stockport, they're in the playoff places up to fourth. So some cracking matches in the National League. Well, my rave this week, I'm a little bit late to the party, actually. It's a league we don't talk about, but you've it's a player we've mentioned, especially during lockdown, when we're reflecting on midfielders and captains and things like that. So I've gone for the fact that Steven Gerrard has, well, ultimately cemented himself as a Rangers hero, and he's got the first Scottish League title for Rangers in a decade. Obviously, stopping Celtic from winning 10 in a row. Obviously, it's a fierce, fierce derby. But yeah, just wanted to celebrate Stephen Gerrard and the job he's done there. Because it's his first managerial role, isn't it, I suppose, uh, Rangers? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's done really well. He's been with the club since 2018. Uh, 65.8% win percentage. Not bad going at all. Bearing in mind, he's had a, a couple of seasons, however many it is there. This might, is this his third season? Yeah, third, third season. Third season. Yeah. Um, a lot of rumours now going around. You've always said this for a long time. Where do you think, well, he might end up, but what do you reckon is his route as a manager from um, from Rangers? Uh, whether he can go straight to Liverpool, whether he's eventually going to go to Liverpool. But uh, yeah, I think whether he'll have to go somewhere else before he goes to Liverpool back in the Premier League, I'm not quite sure. But yeah, he's uh, destined for Anfield, I guess. When he was a midfielder, obviously a lot of comparisons between Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard. Interesting, they've both kind of now gone into the managerial roles same time. Obviously, Lampard did Derby and then gone to, straight into Chelsea. Do you think Gerrard might look at Lampard and think, OK, he's gone from Derby straight into Chelsea, didn't work, maybe Rangers, and then go into... English football, but slightly lower league in the Premier League? Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, that's my rave this week. Stephen Gerrard doing a very good job at uh, Rangers. What about you? A couple of just little ones, really. I've got uh, City going for the quadruple. That's yeah, a, they're that's exciting. That's a real exciting and positive thing. And I think you'd be uh, daft a bet against them getting three or four of the four things they're chasing. Yeah. Lastly, just a quick one, Rafa Benitez, I saw reading a story on Rafa Benitez, who's desperate to get back into the Premier League, which oh, is really okay. good to hear, despite getting paid a million pounds a month in China. Um, oh, I didn't realise it was in China. Yeah, so he's not going to pick up that sort of cash coming back into the <laughs> uh, Premier League, but I think he you know, he desperately wants to get back over here, which is really positive, and um, did a good job at Liverpool, obviously, Newcastle, so I think most clubs are welcome him as the manager. So, yeah, let's look forward to getting Rafa back. <laughs> Barnet of the week and there haven't been too many Premier League or FA Cup matches but I managed to find a Barnet that I haven't mentioned yet and I've gone for the 22 year old winger for Southampton who scored the open opener uh, Gineppo 
uh, he's always had some great barnets, but of recent years, he's just gone for the straight, bright blonde look, mainly on top, a little bit darker on the sides, but you can't miss him really when he's playing. And it's a bit of an iconic look now for him, I think, the uh, the bright bleached blonde look. So that's my barnet. Uh, I think we've had this chat before, but it's a special mention for Luke Ayling, who um, <laughs> scored his first goal for Leeds and then released his... <laughs> Locked the main. and went mad and crazy, and then of course VAR said no, it isn't. So we had to put it all back again. Yeah. So uh, poor old Luke Ayling, cracking Barnet, but uh, denied by the dreaded VAR. Ones to watch. So there's internationals. So that means there's no Premier League or Championship for the coming week. So we'll go straight into League One because obviously they've got lots of matches, midweek matches. And I'm just really looking at the bottom of the table, really. Burton versus Shrewsbury, two points between them, 18th and 17th in the table, both pulling clear of relegation. So they'll be grateful for that. But I still think it'll be an interesting match. But really, really important match, Tuesday, 7pm. Bristol Rovers versus Swindon, 20th versus 19th. They're joint on points. They're right down there. All of those teams down there, it's, it's getting very, very tight. So, yeah, that'll be definitely one to watch, surely, and hopefully not a nil-nil. Uh, League Two, some cracking matches again midweek. So you've got Barrow-Grimsby three or four weeks ago. That would have been a real six-pointer. It still is, but Barrow are 10 points clear of Grimsby now. So they could probably put a nail in Grimsby's coffin if they beat them. So that'll be an interesting one. And could they get the fifth win in a row, which would be amazing. And then Forest Green mentioned before, they're playing Bolton, third versus fifth Bolton. Could get automatic promotion, unbelievably, after such a slow start. So uh, that'd be a cracking match. And then uh, another team, Colchester, watching them. They've been dragged into relegation zone, 22nd now. Uh, and they're playing Bradford at home next weekend. Mid-table team now, Bradford. So that'll be an interesting one. National League, couple of matches there. Against Sutton, away to Bromley midweek. Bromley are seventh, looking for playoffs. Sutton don't want to drop too many points. They want to consolidate that great position. Then Stockport, who had that late draw at uh, Sutton at the weekend, they're playing Eastleigh at home, fourth versus ninth. And again, that'll be uh, an interesting match. Right, that's it for this week. It's going to be uh, quite an interesting week with internationals and things like that going on. So I'm sure some teams will be grateful for a little bit of a break. But we will be back next week reflecting on some of those international matches as well as League One, League Two and the National League. So we'll be back with some more football chants and the rants with the plants. And we'll see you then.